For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Believe in Georgia Tech podcast. We are your co-hosts, Jackson Caldell, RJ Schaefer, coming to you on Sunday, eve- I guess evening now. I guess it's not afternoon anymore. It's evening, but we're going to – we got plenty of basketball and everything to talk about, but RJ, how you doing, man? You know, kind of an up-and-down week, but, you know, we, we got plenty to talk about. Yeah, first off, we, we, we didn't have – we had some scheduling conflicts last week. We weren't able to get together. But I haven't talked to you since your Packers blew it in the in the game against 49ers. Like I'm not gonna try to open up old wounds, but like are you feeling like we overachieved this year or are you kind of just bitter about it because like you might could have beat Detroit? Um I'm gonna I'm gonna lie to myself and say I think we overachieved, but I don't know. That game was so that game when you was get so that bad, close to an NFC title game berth. Like, I, it, it does hurt, no matter, like, what your expectations were at the beginning of the year, because then that means you're one win away from making the Super Bowl, and then, you know, anything can happen there. But, man, that, that was a heck of a game. I hated to see see it in that way for y'all because I thought y'all were going to win. But this is not a Green Bay Packers podcast. This is a Georgia Tech podcast. But we got to keep up with each other. And, like, you know, some one of our teams made the playoffs, and we got to at least relish in that a little bit. But – so the last time we spoke to you, it was ahead of a big matchup against North Carolina. And that game, it was the this this whole week really was the epitome of Georgia Tech basketball's season. They had a really high moment. They didn't come crashing back down. I, I, I refuse to say they crashed and burned yesterday, but it was just the inconsistency play that you see from from game to game. It's not even week to week. Like they will win one, win one game, lose the other look really good in one game and then just kind of have some bad habits in that game yesterday. So, you know, just we'll, we'll spend more time talking about NC state because it's the more recent of the two games, but I do think it, it's, it's worth just kind of going back and revisiting the awesome moment that was the North Carolina win. And look, it, it's, it's weird to say in a year where they're, I think 10 and 12 now is, is their record or 10 and 11. Damon Stoudemire has, he is two and one against Duke in North Carolina like that. That's pretty crazy to think about. And Georgia Tech has better resume wins than most teams you're going to see on the NCAA tournament bubble this year. And I'm not joking because when I was looking at the latest projections on ESPN's bracketology, North Carolina is a one seed. And they're almost certainly going to be the one seed in the ACC tournament this year. I don't know if y'all had a chance to look at the standings, but they beat Duke last night. They've already beaten Virginia, I believe. So, and those teams, they're already two games up on them with the tiebreakers. So it's looking like they're going to at least be the one seed in the ACC tournament. But they were listed as a one seed. Duke is a high seed right now. I don't know how, but Clemson is still in there. They lost again yesterday, and they're like they have seven losses now. And I, I still don't know how they're projected in the tournament. But anyway, and then Mississippi State, like they have four wins over teams that are projected to be in the NCAA tournament right now. The problem is they have losses to UMass Lowell, 
a 16-point blown lead against Boston College, an overtime loss to Notre Dame. And Notre Dame's lost like five or six in a row. Like they, they are, they're, they're not playing good basketball right now. But just kind of, RJ, what were your thoughts on the, the North Carolina win and just kind of what it meant? And like, did it – do you think it's a coincidence that they are playing well in these big games or do you attribute it a lot to Damon Stoudemire and coaching? I would, I would give a lot to Damon there, but – Another thing that I think contributes to that and what we've talked about so much is how it's, you know, such a young team. Mm-hmm. Like, because these guys will play up to their opponents, down to their opponent. Uh, and look at a guy like Nate George, um, who's really becoming one of my favorite Georgia Tech players out of literally nowhere, um, who was in the clutch moments. Uh, it wasn't Miles Kelly, which... I thought it was going to be. It was Nate George. And I think what you can attribute some of these quality wins to is not only the culture of Damon Stoudemire, because Damon Stoudemire is a player's coach. Yeah. Like, he, he's not your typical um, pound-and-pound ACC coach. Like, he's... And you could see it. Uh, I, I'm sure you saw the video afterwards of him in the locker room. Like, he was really emotional about it. Like, he's really invested in these guys. And I, I, I think that's going to pay off long-term. Um, I just think you have to deal with, with some of the ups and downs. And this is something me and you talked about in December, isn't it? Like there's going to be ups and downs to this year, just just with a lot of new players. You're playing a ton of young players like Nate George and, and Brian Dongo are playing a ton of minutes right now. And, uh, and Dongo didn't have a great game yesterday. And George kind of – he faltered a little bit in the second half after really playing well in the first half. But, um, but yeah, I 100% agree with you on that. And I think one thing um... – and this is more the NC State game, is with a team so young and with a team that it's been a while since they've competed at a very high level, is you got to learn how to win. Yeah. Um, like, back in 2016, I know this is golf and this has nothing to do with basketball, but when Tiger Woods came back in the competition, um, Jack Nicholson, you know, said that he's got to learn how to win. Right, because you have guys that are on the same level of talent. Like, NC State isn't a better team than Georgia Tech is. It it just comes down to, in the clutch moments, in the last five minutes, you know, like how how many times are you going to turn the ball over? How many times are you going to, you know, force up a bad shot? It's just we really got to learn how to win in clutch moments. That's the thing. Like, I break down the ACC in, in these tiers. North Carolina in a tier of their own. Virginia, Duke, Wake Forest, to me, are in a little tier of their own. I don't think there's any separation five through 15, except five through 14. Like, they beat Florida State yesterday, but, like, Louisville's bad. Like, they're they're really bad. And I, my, I might even throw Notre Dame in that category. But, man, just five through 11 or 12, like, there's just not a big difference. Like, I don't think NC State's that much better than Georgia State. I, I really – I don't think – I've not been impressed with Clemson all season long. Like, I know they started out, like, 11 and 1. They've not looked good since I again. I went through their schedule and looked. I don't. I don't see how they're getting NCAA tournament love with some of the wins and things they have. But that's a whole nother podcast. But yeah, so you come to yesterday. You're you're riding high off a win. You're the only like. I don't know if people realize, or I'm sure people realize. Like I don't want to overstate it, but like North Carolina was on an absolute heater coming into that game, and you saw them last night. Like I think the Georgia Tech loss refocused them because they kind of beat up on Duke last night. 
at home. That game was to me that was that that didn't never really look all that close. But um, they had won ten in a row, and nine of the ten wins had been by double digits. And I think the one that wasn't was by eight points. Like they they've kind of been rolling over everybody in the ACC, and that that's again why I say North Carolina is just really on a tier of their own. Uh, this season and who knows maybe Virginia or Duke can close the gap here in this last month but uh right now I would place them there and then everybody else is kind of in their in their own tier but man you go into the game yesterday the game doesn't start off well I think NC State gets off on like a 10 to 4 run they were up 25 to 14 at one point and then Tech really started playing really well Nate George started playing really well they were playing really sound offensively moving the ball around. They were up by one at halftime yesterday. Reeves hits a three to start the half. They keep scoring. Georgia Tech goes up, I think it was 44 to 38. And, like, I'm already thinking, man, two straight pretty good wins going into Wake Forest. And then the avalanche came. The turnover started happening. Georgia Tech couldn't score. Like, they were going four or five minutes at a time without scoring the basketball. I think NC State wound up going on an 18 to three run. To, to take a lead, a nine-point lead on them. And the game just – they they kind of got close there at the end in the, fi- in the final two minutes. They never really had a chance to win the game, though, and they wound up losing 82-76 on the road. Look, losing in Raleigh is, is not, like, something to be ashamed of. Like, Raleigh has historically been a pretty tough place to play, and NC State is a pretty good team. They have two really good guards in Jaden Taylor and DJ Horn. They, they both – I think they combined had, like, 47 points yesterday. The thing that stood out to me was that if I had to look at just one thing that cost them the game yesterday, it was turnovers. You can't turn the ball over 12 times, have the opponent score 18 points off of it, and expect to win. Maybe you get lucky and the other team turns it over a lot, but that wasn't what happened. Like NC State had four turnovers, and Georgia Tech only scored four points off those turnovers. When you have a minus 14 in in that area in terms of points off turnovers, you're going to lose. Yeah. And that's really all it is, because um, you know we talk about learning how to win. Um, there, there was not a turnover issue at all in the first half. Like, yeah, you look at it. I think it was. I think it was four in the first half. Well, and I'll, I'll say this: they all came in like I don't know if it was in the middle of the first half or maybe towards the beginning when they weren't playing well. They had like three or four turnovers in like the span of like a minute. Like they were kind of turning it over heavy at one point, and then they just quit. And then they were playing really good basketball, and then it carried over to start the second half, and it just collapsed. Yeah, I mean that's. It's hard to look deeper, um, into a game. You know, get really analytical, when there's one issue. Well, and and they shot better than NC State. They shot the ball yeah. better than they did. Like it wasn't like NC State was just shooting lights out on top of Georgia Tech turning the ball over like. NC State really didn't shoot all the way. Like, they had their scoring issues of their own. But when you just have so many turnovers that's leading to points and allowing teams, like, to get out on a big run, like, it's cliche to say, but basketball in a in the sense is just a game of runs. And then NC State just dominated the runs yesterday. Like, there was uh, – it was it, it, it was tough to see them kind of fade away like that. But, like, I don't really have any big overarching takeaways. To me, it was just kind of more of the – you had to play a road game – coming off of a big emotional high of a win. That was going to be a tough spot. They did cover for what that's worth. Like NC State was favored by eight and a half, and they wound up covering that. So good teams win, great teams cover. That keeps going on. But um, we're going to talk Wake Forest here in a little bit, just preview that game a little bit coming up. But do you have any thoughts? 
either on just the overall state of where things are this season, the North Carolina game, NC State, anything to wrap this up? I don't. I just think there's a lot of winnable games. I know we've talked about how we've had stretch of winnable games. Like you look at our next five games. You got Wake Forest, and then you got Louisville, and then you got Notre Dame, and then you got Syracuse. Like well, I, I think well, they don't play North Carolina again this season. They don't have to play Duke again this season. Although I don't think any Georgia Tech fan would care if they had to play Duke again this season because they should have had two wins over them already. Um, you don't play Virginia again. Like your toughest, your two toughest games, at least on paper, maybe Clemson and Wake Forest. Because I personally don't think Miami's that good. You so. do end up playing Virginia again. Do they? Okay, yeah. my, that's my mistake. Yeah. Then I, I just I knew they didn't play Carolina or Duke again, um, and then they still had to play Clemson and Miami. Um, but I, I think Wake Forest is better than either one of those teams uh, coming up, and we'll 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 get into more of that later. But another thing we missed, um, you know, we had we had some uh, obligations last week, so we weren't able to talk ACC schedule release. But I've written a lot about it. Um, my thoughts on it are, are pretty they're out there at this point. But I'll kind of just recap it. Georgia Tech is going to have to earn the the their way in twenty twenty four. Everybody knows every season that 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 Tech is going to have one of the toughest schedules, not just in the ACC but the country. But you look at a lot of some of the upper tier contenders in the ACC or the people that are the teams that are, are thought to be contenders, like Florida State, Miami, Clemson. They, they don't have to play anything like this. And a lot of it is obviously due to having to play Georgia at the end of the season in non-conference. Tech gets unlucky this year, and this is the year they have to play Notre Dame. You know, Notre Dame has to play so many ACC teams a year, and they rotate them through. They have to play that one again. And that's it's a neutral site game. Like, it's 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 not going to be in Bobby Dodd. So that that kind of stinks to that point. But they also you, – you you open uh, with Florida State. We've known that one for a while. Um you come home, play Georgia State. Look, they should win that game. I'm not going to sit here and say they, that I, I really don't think it's an upset trap. I'll make the point that whether they win or lose against Florida State, you're coming a long way back from Ireland, and you could be on a, an emotional high after a win. And maybe you're a little, maybe they play close and it doesn't go their way, but they they just need to be prepared. Uh, you know, after seeing the Bowling Green disaster last year, my my take is just be prepared for that game. You should win it. Just be prepared for it. They got to go to Syracuse. Um, that's that's kind of tricky. I know you're not big on Syracuse going into the year. I'm not really either, but they're kind of a mystery. You know, they have Ohio State transfer Kyle McCord coming in at quarterback, so maybe that gives them a boost. I don't really know about Fran Brown as a head coach. Not saying he could be bad, but I don't know if he's good either. Um, and it's on the road. Like Syracuse is legitimately a tough place to play. VMI is an easy win. At Louisville is not gonna. That's gonna be a tough game. Louisville is gonna be very good again this year. You have a bye week. Duke at home at North Carolina. I'm not big on either of those teams this year. Obviously, the North Carolina game. Jeff Collins will be on the sideline. It'll be in Chapel Hill, but that'll be kind of an interesting storyline. I'm really high on Notre Dame this year. They're gonna be really good. That's the week after neutral site. They go to Virginia Tech, who is kind of our. I've already seen some like Virginia Tech is the most underrated team in the ACC this year talk from from some people that I think are smart. So we'll, we'll see about that one. Then you have a bye week. You play Miami. You have another bye week. Then you play NC State at home on a Thursday night. And then, of course, you finish the season in Athens. I'll ask you the same question I asked you before the show. Like, a lot of times when you're projecting wins and you're looking at, at 
you know, how, what is it going to take to get to a bowl game? You look at, okay, here are the games I know I can get. There's not that many on here for Georgia Tech, and that's not an indictment of how good I actually think they'll be because I'm I'm higher than, you know, most people in the national media are on them going into the year. But, man, they're just going to have to earn it. Like, we before the show um, on wins that we think, you know, are 100%. I think you have two, maybe three. And I think those all come in the front of the season. I think Georgia State is a very winnable game, and I think VMI. I think you could maybe bunch Syracuse and maybe bunch Duke. Yeah. At, at the most, that's four. That's Every And the thing is – can go in anyway. And that's the thing, like, I just talked about Syracuse. Like, you can kind of talk your way around – Syracuse could surprise this year. Like, you know, they made a bowl game last year. It wasn't like that, you know, Dino Babers was, you know – winning just two games last year. Now, it's I think on paper Georgia Tech's a better team, and I think you might be catching Syracuse at the right time. Like, you know, when you're facing um, a brand-new coach, you know, new offense, new players, like they, they're they very transfer portal heavy this year. Um, it, it can be maybe a little bit of a – they need a little bit of an acclimation period before – like they haven't played that many games together, and like Georgia Tech will be the first real test for them, so you might be getting it. But then – you know, it's on the road, so that that, that makes it a, a bit of an unknown. I'm not big on Duke this year. Um, obviously, they're going from Mike Elko to Manny Diaz. We'll see if he works. He was okay at Miami, not great. He, he lost some really bad games there as well. They have Texas transfer Malik Murphy at quarterback. That That's kind of a wild card because if he were to, like, hit his ceiling in terms of talent, like, that can make them kind of irritating to play. I still think – I don't believe in Duke as a contender this year, but they have some intriguing pieces like that. It's just not like a 100% win. It's a, I think Georgia Tech wins, but maybe something happens. And the good thing is it's at home. Um, and then I, another team I'm not big on is North Carolina. Like you're losing Drake May, you lose Tez Walker. I'm not going to get into the whole Jeff Collins thing on this show, but I, I don't really know who's, I don't know who's going to play quarterback for them. Their receiving core is kind of a mess. Uh, that to me is is I almost bunched in there, but even then you're getting to four wins and it's okay. We got to pull some upsets, which they're used to doing. Like that that that's that's a key element. But I know people may get tired of hearing about how tough the schedule is, but that's just that's my biggest takeaway when I look at it. Is you know you're playing almost every top team except for Clemson that is that is considered an ACC contender this year. Yeah, and if you look at Syracuse's schedule, if they beat us they might be headed somewhere really good because their their high-end ACC um, game is NC State. They don't play Clemson. They don't do they play, play Miami. They do play Miami, final okay. game of the season. And then that's like it. They play Virginia Tech, Boston College, Cal, UConn, Pitt. Yeah. And then they're out of conference. It's so easy. Well, and that's what I'm saying. Like, Tech's schedule is always going to be harder than almost everybody's in the ACC yeah. just because of the non-conference. And it's with Georgia being the way they are right now, and then this is the year you get Notre Dame when there's – I think on paper they're going to they're gonna be a top-10 team going into the season. Now, whether they're there when they play on October 19th, that's up for debate really. Um, and then it's just the luck of the draw with the ACC. You have to play Florida State. And I'm not going to get into a full Florida State preview now, but I think that game is winnable for Georgia Tech a lot more than I think some people are letting on because, like I was just saying about Syracuse, FSU is obviously transfer portal heavy. They had a, a top 15 signing class this year, it, but they kind of – it went from being top five to top 15. Like, they they lost some guys down the stretch. They have uh, 
more or less a brand new team. Like, you know, DJU, you have new running backs, you have a lot of new front seven players. Like, if you were going to play Florida State, it would be the first game of the year and it would be neutral site. Like, they, you, you're not playing them in Tallahassee. So, I do think that that is an advantage there. I don't know if they'll win it, but like, I do think they can. But, man, it's, you have to play Miami. Miami is disappointed before. Like, that's, that's no secret. But if you look at the roster, like, the, I was, you know, when I was, you know, doing some research for for some of Tech's recruits because they updated the two four seven sports player rankings this past week, kind of finalized like, hey, this is after all these All Star games, this is the final rankings. And Miami moved up to number three in the country in recruiting, and they were twenty points better than any other ACC team. Like they they have a case to have the best roster in the ACC, and they got Cam Ward over from Washington State. He turned down the NFL to come play there, so. On paper, they should be pretty good, but we've heard that before. And you play NC State, it's at home. You play Louisville. Um, Virginia Tech is kind of the dark horse everybody likes. You have to play them too. You, you're just not playing any of the teams that are supposed to be at the bottom. You, they, they don't play Stanford this year. They don't play Cal. They don't play. You know, Boston College just lost their head coach, so you're not. You don't have. You don't get to play them. You don't get to play Virginia this year. So. It's going to be tough. I still think in my initial projections, I had them seven and five. Um, but I do think people may just need to start mentally preparing for – I know they were six and six last year and they should theoretically be better this year. And that still could be true, but they might have the same record. Just the, the schedule is just so tough, uh, nearly week in and week out. And that's most of my schedule thoughts. You got You got anything else? I don't, I don't think there's much more, but I think if you take game one at Florida State, you look at a very winnable yeah, stretch. It changes. Like they can make a run easily. Yeah. Like that 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 game is going to set the tone for them in, in such a big way because then you head into Georgia State with a lot of momentum. And like I said, they need to just, you know, be on their guardrails because Tech is not at the point in with their program where they need to take any win for granted. But – They'll be favored in that one. And then you would feel confident about them beating teams like Syracuse, Duke, and Carolina, teams that aren't as good as Florida State and that we're talking about might be falling back to the pack in, in the ACC. And, and it shows that they can play with the uh, with the heavy hitters in the ACC. Like, they, I, it, it's not inconceivable that they win eight or nine games. Like, I do think because the offense should be pretty good, and I really like the defensive hires, as we're going to get to in just a second. But they're going to have to earn it. That's just plain and simple. So, breaking news, everybody. Georgia Tech schedules hard once again. It's hard, but so a, a few days ago, as speaking of Georgia State, by the way, um, we've been waiting on to hear Georgia Tech hiring their last defensive coach. They hired Jess Simpson. He's going to coach the defensive line. Uh, Tyler Santucci. I hope again. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. He is going to coach inside linebackers and defensive coordinator. Or deep. He's going to be the defensive coordinator and be the inside linebackers coach. And then Kyle Pope is going to coach the outside linebackers and edge players. We've been waiting to hear who Travaris Tillman's replacement was going to be, and it was announced, I believe it was on Thursday, that uh, Georgia State defensive backs coach and pass game coordinator Corey Peoples is going to take the same position. Look, I say that, I say this about most hires. There is no grand slam hire, really, any position, whether it's head coach or anything. Like, there is a way something can go wrong. But I think, the, like, the credentials and, and some of the things are there. Like, 
he's obviously recruited in the Atlanta area before. Like, it, it, he's not going to be new around high schools. Like, there's not going to be any acclimation there. And, like, Georgia State has done really well turning out some uh, pro defensive backs. Like, they've sent kids to the NFL uh, during his tenure there, and he does have experience. So, on paper, like, I think it's a good hire. Maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. Like, that's how I feel about a lot of hires nowadays. But uh, do you got any thoughts on people's being hired? I was going to say something similar to what you said. Um, just the, I mean, the ties in Georgia, like, you know, a lot of the newer hires have been kind of from all over the place, but I mean, if you get a guy that has already recruited in that area, to me, that's a win. Yep. And then, I mean, like we, we've already talked about Jess Simpson, you know, he was a former head coach at Buford. Like he has plenty of recruiting there. Like recruiting is just the name of the game in college football. Like you have to recruit well, if you want to win well, like you're, you're just not going to, do much else if you don't. So a good hire. We'll see. The the defense is obviously the, the biggest question mark going into the year and, and we'll we'll see how he and the other kind of staff members mesh. I still think they need a talent upgrade overall. I still I still don't know how talented they are on defense, but that's a different discussion for a different day. All right. Let's wrap up with some more basketball talk. Let's just at least, you know, from a broad perspective, talk about the matchup with Wake Forest. So do, do you look at the Ken Palm rankings much, like the advanced uh, analytics for college basketball? Do you, do you get into that? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. They love Wake Forest. They're number 31. Like, And people think, oh, 31, that's not that good. Well, Wake Forest is like 14 and 7. Um, yeah, they're 14 and 7. They have one of the best offenses in the country. Like, they can really score the basketball well. They haven't really been playing well. Like, they, they had a stretch earlier in the year where they were winning like eight, nine games in a row. But you look at it, they're they're three and five. In their, in their last eight, they lost. They they lost the the losing the winning streak came to an end when they lost to Florida State. They actually beat Virginia by nineteen. They lost to NC State. They beat Louisville by twenty five. Lost to North Carolina. Lost to Pitt, and then they beat Syracuse by twenty nine yesterday. So I'll be honest. I think some of their Ken Palm ranking is getting boosted because when they're playing average to bad teams, they're beating the crap out of them. You know, like Syracuse is not a terrible team, but when you beat them by 29, like that's going to boost your thing. And I'm not saying Wake Forest isn't good. I've actually been pretty high on them since the preseason. But offensively, they're going to be a big challenge for Georgia Tech. Like that's kind of what I'm looking to do is like how how can Georgia Tech slow them down? And you, they're going to have to get bounce back performances from Kyle Sturdivant and uh, Brian Dongo. Like those those guys have to play better. But do you have any uh, big picture thoughts on Wake Forest, some stuff you're looking for on Tuesday? Um, a, a lot of the things you look at with Wake Forest, like the one reason why they have such a big offense is the pace that they play at. Like they play at one of the highest paces in the ACC. Um, I think, I think they're second. I'm not sure though. Um, but yeah, I, I just think one thing is, uh, limit turnovers and play off the fast break. Yeah. Like, I think that's all it's going to be. Yep, and like Wake Forest, kind of they a win would be huge for them because right now, currently they are fifth in the ACC standings. But you look at Virginia; they're ten and or North Carolina; they're ten and one in the conference. Virginia is eight and three. Duke is seven and three. NC State seven and four. You have so many six and four, five and six teams like Wake Forest, Florida State, Miami, Pitt, Syracuse, Virginia Tech, Clemson. Um, like a, a win, like it's not inconceivable that Wake Forest could get as high as the the number two seed in the ACC. I don't know if it's likely, but like there's at least a path there just because uh, nobody else has really stepped up in, in the to fill that uh, gap left af after North Carolina. So 
It's going to be a big challenge. Look, it's at home. I say this going into every Georgia. They, they could play Purdue tomorrow, and like I'll say, Georgia said they might win. Like I don't know, they might. Like that's they could lose, but like they might win. Like I just they've beaten so many. They've beaten like four or five really good teams, and then you know you have some bad losses in there. But they could beat Wake Forest. Like I think Wake Forest's pace in the offense. I don't. I feel like that's not a good matchup. I just feel like teams that can run and score are just going to give Georgia Tech trouble. Maybe I'm wrong. I've been wrong plenty about this team in some predictions, so we'll see. But that's just kind of my early thoughts is just try to – some bounce-back performances from from some key guys, you know, try try to slow things down a little bit and not turn the ball over. Like, don't yeah. try to beat Wake Forest at their own game because when you're trying to play to somebody else's style, it just generally doesn't work out. Yeah, I, I don't have many other thoughts other than um, – I mean, just play at your own pace. That's really all it is. All right, before we get out of here, who wins the Super Bowl next week, RJ? Chiefs. Chiefs? All right, I'm yeah. Chiefs too. Maybe that's just a, I don't like the 49ers. I hope the Chiefs win, but that's where I'm going with it. But if you're watching this on YouTube, you know, we got we got to do a little housekeeping here. If you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to like and subscribe. Like the video, subscribe to the channel. Um, we're going to have instant reactions this week to the Wake Force game. We'll preview the Louisville game later this week and talk about it as well. Plenty of plenty of Georgia Tech content coming your way, but we would appreciate a like and subscribe to the channel if you're watching on YouTube. If you're listening to on podcast, uh, be sure to give us a review. Tell us what we're doing wrong. Tell us what you like about the show, and, and we'll try to make this the best Georgia Tech show we can for the fans. So we would really appreciate all that. Thank, thanks for anybody that's tuning in. Um, this is the Believe in Georgia Tech podcast, and we will see you next time.